Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Today, uh, we're just excited because we're on the tail end of that Thanksgiving, kind of moving into the Advent season. And uh, how many of you had a great uh, Thanksgiving day? Awesome. Some of you, okay. Uh, Some of you are like, I can't even raise my hand right now. I'm so full. Uh, How many of you came to the Thanksgiving Eve service? Yeah, it was an amazing service, packed house, uh, people coming down front, sharing, and uh, it was fantastic. I thought it was a great way to kick off our Christmas season, our Thanksgiving into Christmas season. And uh, if you were here, man, what, a, what an amazing service. Thank you for coming and being a part of that. Uh, I'm excited today because I get to kick off our Christmas uh, message series called Home for Christmas. And what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks as we come up on Christmas are all of these great Christmas traditions that we have and how eternity has actually set those desires in our hearts. And many times we don't even realize it, but these things are from God and it's how he's working in and through us. And, and I don't know about you, but I have great fond memories of this idea of home for Christmas. Uh, I grew up in Texas I had a set of grandparents in Louisiana. I had another set in Iowa. And every Christmas, you know, we would sometimes rotate, go back and forth or, you know, whatever it was. But we would end up at one of their homes for Christmas. And so we always were traveling for Christmas. And I remember going to, uh, like, for instance, my grandparents that lived in Louisiana. If we went there, my grandfather was a guitar player, a singer. He loved old Western uh, country music and stuff like that. And uh, both sides of our family were really big, lots of uncles and aunts. So we had tons of cousins. And we would gather, and my grandfather would come in at night, and he would sing these old country Western songs to us at night to put all of us, uh, our cousins and all to sleep. And it was just a great, great memory that I have. As well as my grandmother in Louisiana, she always had this massive tree. Like, she loved those big, fat, full round trees, you know, those big, big honking ones. And she loved tinsel. Do you remember tinsel? And she would cover that thing in tinsel, gold or silver, whatever it was. And then she would do this cool thing. She would have candy canes that she would hang all over the tree. And all the cousins would show up. We'd all be there, all those kids. And uh, the, the rule was that we could only have one candy cane off the tree per day per kid. And what would happen is we learned very quickly that if we caught like all the parents were in the room playing cards or something and grandma was there, we could go to grandma and say, hey, can we get another one? She'd give us thumbs up and we'd all get a second one or a third one or a fourth one. And it was awesome. And I remember my mom going, I can't believe so many of those candy canes have been eaten. We've only been here like three days so far, right? And because uh, we were getting multiple every day. It was just incredible. Just great memories of going home to my grandparents for Christmas. Uh, if we went to Iowa, that was a whole different story because that was like 1,200 miles away. It was usually super cold and snowy. It had that Christmas feel to it, right? And uh, for kids especially, 1,200 miles seems like it took forever to get there. And we'd get in the car, we'd be so excited, and by the time we got to Kansas, we're like, are we ever going to get there, right? And uh, there was this uh, amazing time where 
when we would pull into, he lived in Ottumwa, Iowa. We'd pull into Ottumwa. Ottumwa sits in the Des Moines River Valley, and the whole town's laid out in that valley. Well, my grandfather's house was clear up on the hill. There's all this farmland, and he had this house that's set way up on the hill. And as you pulled into town, when you took a right, you could look up on the hill, and my grandfather would always put this massive star on the top of his roof. It was this big, like the Star of Bethlehem, big thing that he did every Christmas. And uh, it was just incredible. As kids, that long trip, like we're never going to get there. And finally, we'd turn that corner, we'd look up on the hill and see that star. The excitement would begin because we knew we were close to Grandpa and Grandma's house. And it was always a great, great time growing up and going home for Christmas. And it, it just created for me some of those amazing childhood memories of going home for Christmas. And what's interesting is as I've gotten older, I got married, we got kids, my grandparents passed away on both sides, and then all of a sudden my mom and dad stepped into that role, my in-laws stepped into that role, and now all of a sudden I was in the middle, I was one of the parents taking my kids to my in-laws or to my parents for Christmas. And some of you are in that stage right now where you got kids, and it's just the greatest stage to be in uh, for Christmas, and, and watching the excitement in their eyes, and, and the excitement as you're showing up at grandma's house, you know, and, and all of a sudden my parents are feeling that, and, and it, it was just an amazing time of watching my kids grow up in that. And they have fond memories of going to both of their grandparents' houses for Christmas, and now, it's interesting because now I'm a grandfather, and we got three grandgirls, and I'm starting to realize that I'm stepping into that role now, and, and everything that we do around the house now, we're always asking the question, well, you know, what about the grandgirls? Do you think they would like this? Do you think, and so we're actually decorating more for them than we are for ourselves now, because we're trying to make those memories with our grandgirls when they come to our house for Christmas, and it's just amazing to me, uh, all the memories that we have of going home for Christmas, and um, I, I think it's one of the reasons why I'm such a, a Christmas nerd, why I like it so much. I just really go all out and enjoy this time of the season. Um, I don't know how you feel about going home for Christmas, but did you know the very first going home for Christmas story is actually in the Bible? Uh, grab your Bibles, head over to Luke chapter 2, open up your devices, uh, go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at the first five verses in Luke chapter 2 this morning. And I need to catch you up because all, already, by the time we get to Luke 2, a lot has happened in the Christmas story. There was a young lady by the name of Mary, she's living in Nazareth. She is engaged to be married. She, she's a virgin. And uh, an angel visits her and tells her that she has found favor in God's eyes and that she has been chosen to bring the Son of God into the world. And she says, how is this going to happen? I've never been with a man. And, and the angel explains to her, through the power of the Holy Spirit, she's going to conceive a child. And this child will be God in flesh, that she will give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world, who is going to come into the world to pay for the sins of all the world. Now, she's, married, or she's engaged to marry a guy by the name of Joseph. Once he hears the story, he doesn't buy it. And I don't think any of us probably would either, right? We would struggle with that. And, and uh, so he's, he loves her. He doesn't want harm to come to her. So he decides that he's just going to break it off quietly with her until an angel visits him. And says, hey, everything Mary told you is true. This is of God. And she's going to give birth to the Messiah. And you will name him Jesus. And so now Joseph realizes this is for real. And he decides not to break it off. And in, even before they get married, this is what happens in Luke chapter 2. It says, at that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. 
This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Uh, In the middle of this whole story, the Roman emperor decides he wants to have a census, and so they all have to go back to their ancestral towns. And so because of that, the very first Christmas, Joseph's family has to travel home. They have to go from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem, which is about 90 miles, uh, 80 to 90 miles right in that area. And so they have to go home for this very first Christmas We'll get more into that Christmas story as we get into the series, but today uh, I share this with you to say that I think today a lot of the excitement that we experience around the Christmas season has to do with this idea of going home, of being around family, of of just gathering together. Some of you, you go uh, not quite 80 miles. Some of you go a lot further than that. But it's this excitement about gathering, of going home for Christmas. And it's amazing to me how many Christmas stories talk about this. Uh, Christmas songs, I'm sorry. How many Christmas songs, when you listen to Christmas music, you'll find out so many of them talk about going home for Christmas. Uh, Take me home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas, right? Driving home for Christmas is actually a Christmas song. Uh, Coming home or going home for Christmas. Those are two different songs, by the way. Uh, There's no place like home for the holidays. And then you have, of course, please come home for Christmas. And that's just scratching the surface on the ones that have that in the title, much less all the other Christmas songs that talk about home, just being at home and the scene at home during the Christmas season. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that we enjoy during the Christmas season. How many of you um, are planning on traveling home for Christmas, like you're going somewhere to visit family for Christmas? Okay, a few of you. How many of you are actually that home where you're going to have family travel to see you? Oh, even more. Yeah, it's incredible to me how, how that plays out. Now, although uh, I think so many of us love this idea of going home for Christmas, uh, I have to acknowledge that there's some others in this room that have mixed emotions when it comes um, to going home for Christmas. Uh, maybe some of you, you're not going to be able to do that because you have to work, or because of some other circumstances, you're not going to be able to go home for Christmas this year, or maybe even worse, some of you, uh, it's not great going home for Christmas, because sometimes there's drama, there's hurt, because relationships are not right, or they're broken, or sometimes it's painful, because going home for Christmas, uh, sitting at the Christmas table, you're going to be reminded of the person that passed away this year, like you've, you've experienced loss and there's going to be an empty chair there at Christmas. And so it's painful for you this year. Or maybe sometimes there's anxiety or stress involved because um, you're going to go home for Christmas and there's going to be somebody there that might have hurt you or wronged you. And there's a lot of anxiety wrapped up in this idea of going home for Christmas. And why, why do we struggle with that so much? Why do instinctively we just kind of wrestle with that? I I think it's because we know deep down inside that home should be a place of peace. Home should be a place of of love. Like we shouldn't have to worry about that stuff. It shouldn't be difficult going home for Christmas. And yet for some of us, it is. Now, whether you think going home for Christmas is perfect or painful, I want you to know that there's something better coming. Now, I say that so that you kind of get where I'm going today. I want you to know whether you think Christmas is perfect or painful, I want you to know that there is something better coming. 
For those of you that really love this idea of going home for Christmas, that should be exciting to you because as good as Christmas time is, gathering with all your friends and family, there's something better coming. That should excite you to look forward to that. Those of you that dread Christmas, um, this should bring you some hope, knowing that even though you might wrestle with with loss or you might wrestle with anxiety because of Christmas, um, just to know that there is something better coming. I want to show it to you. It's in Hebrews chapter 13. It says this, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. It says, um, this world is not our permanent home. This isn't home for us, and we're looking forward to a home that is yet to come. And in the meantime, it says, yeah, we need to be offering continual sacrifice of praise to God. We, we should be proclaiming allegiance to his name and doing good and sharing with those in need. And, and I hope that you're living these out on a daily basis already, but this is what we're supposed to be doing because this is not our home. What this means is this world is not our home. This is not it. And whether you think that's good or bad, Um, that should bring either excitement or hope to us because there is something better coming. Now, whether you love going home for Christmas or not, I want you to know that there's something better than what you're going through right now coming. Although this world is our um, where we reside right now, it is not our home. And we're actually told that our home is actually somewhere else. It comes in Philippians chapter 3. We're actually told where our home is. It says, but we are citizens of what? Of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. See, the world is not our permanent home. We have another home, and we're told now that we are citizens of heaven, which means heaven is actually our home. That's our real home. When we talk about home, I don't want us to get confused. I don't want us to think it's something here and, and here and now, but it's, some, it's another place. It's, it's in the presence of God, someplace where we are looking forward to going. And as believers, we know that one day we'll be in heaven. And, and when we receive Christ and we are made right with God in that moment, we now have taken up citizenship in heaven for some day. And, and this is why we celebrate Christmas. Because without Christmas, without Jesus coming, that wouldn't even be a possibility. See, early on, we had a relationship with God. God created us in his image. He created us for life and relationship with him forever. And sin got in the middle of that and broke that relationship. And we couldn't do anything about it. There was nothing we could do to make that right. And God sends his son into the world, which is why we celebrate Christmas. Why did he send him? Why does he come of this virgin Mary and born in a manger? So that he could come, he could, be, um, he could live a perfect life, he could die on a cross for our sins, he could be placed in a tomb and rise again from the grave, overcome death, and he could ascend into heaven and he could create a place for us to spend eternity with him. See, the birth and death and resurrection of Jesus has made a way for each of us as sinful people to be made right with God, to be reconciled to God. That's the message of Christmas. That's why we celebrate, not not just because there's a baby in a manger, 
but because of why he came. And what's interesting is it's offered to each and every one of us. God loved us so much that he did this for each and every one of us. And if you're sitting here right now and you don't have a relationship with God, you need to hear that at the very beginning of Advent season, that God loves you. That he sent his son for you so that you can have a relationship with him. And Romans chapter 10 says, whenever someone declares with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they are saved and they have eternal life. It's as easy as that to receive that gift from God. And yet many people reject it. They push back against it. But for those of us that have received that message, we can live boldly, having full assurance in where we're going after this life is over because we know that this is not our home, but that we have a home in heaven, that we are citizens of heaven. We have a promise that Jesus will return and that we will be with him forever. We have a hope for for both in this life and for eternity that Jesus will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll go through all the struggles and the sufferings that we go through on this earth. Whether you look at Christmas, going home for Christmas as a good thing or a bad thing, Jesus is with you in that. He's with you in the joy and he's with you in the struggle. He'll never leave you. And why am I bringing this up this morning? Why, why should we talk about this? What, why does this matter? I think it matters because if we truly understand what Scripture is saying here, then it changes everything about our life. It changes how we live. I think when we truly understand what we're talking about this morning, that, that our citizenship is not here, that, that this is temporary, that our permanent home is in heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ that, that we're able to enter into heaven, then I think when we start to live that way, then I think we live with eternity in mind. And unfortunately, so many of us, we, we live for the moment and not with eternity in mind. And trust me, those are two drastically different things. It makes a big difference in life. When you take your money down and you go to a bank or you go to an investment company and you go to invest your money, they always encourage you to look at the long-term investments. Do you know why? Because if you only live for today, you don't get the benefits of tomorrow. You won't see the benefits in the future. You only get to live for today. There's an acronym that's been thrown around so, so much lately. It's been going around for a while. I know it's called YOLO. You've heard this, right? You only live once. Every time I hear that, I just cringe. Uh, Can I just be honest with you? I hate that statement. Because what it does, it leads to a right now perspective of life. It doesn't matter about tomorrow. It doesn't matter, you know, a year from now. Just just live for the moment. Live for the moment. And what happens is a short-term perspective in life will cost you the long-term benefits. It'll cost you everything. You get down the road and you look back and you realize it was a mistake. YOLO is a lie. And actually, earlier in this chapter, Paul was writing... In verses 12 through 14, he says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Check this out. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He says, forgetting the past. 
Letting it go. I I look forward. I'm living with eternity in mind. I'm looking forward to what lies ahead, and I press on to the end. I continue to fight forward. Why? Because I know there's something on the other side. It's not just about today. YOLO is a lie. I press forward. I press on to reach the end. See, God wants us to live our lives now with eternity in mind. And when we live now with eternity in mind, we not only gain eternal life with Jesus Christ someday, but we get fulfillment today because we've prioritized God in the here and now. Uh, Listen to me. Where we're going should influence how we live right now. It should change how we, we view life, the decisions that we make, how we interact with the people around us. When heaven's destiny drives earth's decisions, then we have a greater reward in heaven and a better life here and now. How can I say that? Because when we live with eternity in mind, what ends up happening is we understand our purpose. We have meaning in life. And it's one of the biggest struggles that we have in our culture right now. A lot of people are struggling because they can't figure out their purpose. They, they think that life has no meaning, and we find it in Jesus Christ. And we have to keep running the race of our, in our faith daily. The motivation that we need to succeed is to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. And, and you need to know that our life and our eternal salvation was bought at a very, very high price. It was through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that we even can talk about this today. It's through his blood that we can receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And if you don't know Christ today, can I just, I, I just tell you this? I don't want to, man, I don't want you to miss out on going home. I don't. If you don't know how to receive Christ, if you've never heard that you have a God that loves you and offers this this relationship, this forgiveness, this eternal life, and you want to know how to receive that, talk to the person that invited you or come talk to one of the pastors. We would love to share that with you today before you leave here. And there would be no greater way for you to start off Advent season than getting your life right with Christ. I don't want you to miss out on going home. And no matter what happens in this life, whether it's good or bad, we must never lose sight of the cross of Christ and how it opened a way for us to be able to come home. And it's only through Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes home. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's why uh, Jesus came in the first place. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because it provided a way for us to be able to come home. I I hope that we can embrace this truth today with confidence, knowing that Jesus is one day going to return. That there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and we'll receive new bodies, and we'll be able to enjoy Jesus forever. We'll be in the presence of God forever. That's why he alone is worthy of our praise. He alone um, loves us more than we could ever imagine. He gave his life for us, and he said he'll never leave us, and we can trust him as we continue to live with eternity in mind. Do you know um, that first Christmas was actually the first coming of Jesus? The first coming of Jesus. This is what we celebrate at Christmas time. And we do it every year. You know, we set aside December 25th. And is that the day? No, not really. But that's okay. We just had to pick a day. All right, so let's just get over it. Let's celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. That's the day we chose to celebrate. So we do that every year. And yet, do you realize that was the first coming of Jesus? And do you know that in Scripture we're promised there will be a second coming? We celebrate this every year, but we don't think about the second coming. 
And can I just say this? The second coming is going to be a lot different than the first one. The first one, he came as a baby, a helpless baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. The next time, Revelation says he's coming on a horse in a robe dipped in blood, wielding a sword. Um, I, don't, I don't want anyone here to miss out on this. We have an opportunity today to be right with Christ. But when he comes back that second time, when this second coming happens, we get to go home. We get to go to our real home. And not just for Christmas, but for all eternity. Before you leave here today, I want you to know that that same Jesus that came 2,000 years ago, that was born of a virgin, born in a manger, lived a perfect life. He died on a cross and he, and he rose from the grave. And when he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you and someday I'll return to take you home. We get to go home when he returns a second time. Now, whether you love or dread going home for Christmas, as you gather together, as you go home for Christmas this year, I want you to think about our, our gathering in heaven someday, how great that's going to be. And if you have a great uh, view of it, of this Christmas uh, on earth, imagine how much greater it's going to be in heaven. If you, have, if you dread it, think about how great it's going to be in heaven. I also want you to look at the people around you this Christmas and I want you to think about how badly you want to see them in heaven with you someday. And this should change the way that we view Christmas. So my challenge to you is this, as we start this Advent season, this Christmas, whether you think it's good or bad, I want you to know that something better is coming. And like I said before, that should either bring excitement or hope to you, depending on where you're at. Because this is not our home. If you love going home for Christmas, think about how much better it's going to be when we get to heaven, our true home. If you dread going home for Christmas, think about going home to heaven someday where there is no more sin, there is no more pain, and there is more, no more tears. Just know that something better is coming. And I want to challenge you, not only that, but I want you to live this Christmas with eternity in mind. This should change the way that we interact with the people around us. It should create a desire within us to see all of them and come to this, this understanding of who Jesus is to receive him as Jesus Christ, as his, their Lord and Savior so that we might be able to spend eternity together. As you go home this Christmas, I want you to remember that what we do and say here echoes throughout eternity. It matters. Don't waste a single moment of it this Advent season. I want to pray for that. Would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you would create a way for us to be made right with you, that you would come and, and that um, you would enter into this world, this messed up, um, jacked up world, and you would be the example for us to follow. That you would come and you would show your love by dying on a cross, being placed in a grave and rising again. God, we ask that you would continue this Advent season to lay that on our hearts, mold and shape us through this Christmas story into people that look more and more like you. Lord, I pray for each person in this room right now that as we leave here, that every word and every action, that we would live with eternity in mind, that it would, it would bring glory to your name, that it would draw people closer to you. Lord, we just give you this season. We look forward to what it is that you're going to do in 
and through us this, this Christmas holiday season. God, we pray all this brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people agreed and said, amen.